Welcome to the weekly Comic Web Old Time Radio Program podcast. We sell old time radio programs, Golden Age comics in PDF format, and we have other free podcasts. Visit comicweb.com for more information or find us on Facebook and iTunes. This week, our podcast features an episode of Quiet Please called The Man Who Stole a Planet. It first aired on July 26, 1948. Unfortunately, it's a bit staticky throughout. Quiet, please. Quiet, please. Broadcasting System presents Quiet, Please, which is written and directed by Willis Cooper and which features Ernest Chappell. Quiet, Please, for tonight is called The Man Who Stole a Planet. I've been a very fortunate fellow having money enough to do what I wanted to do, knowing what I wanted to do with it. I suppose I'm the best-known amateur authority on Mexico and the ruins of the Mayans and the pre-Mayans there is. Although if you're not interested in that kind of stuff, you never heard of me. So what? So if you're not, go on and read the baseball scores or tune in a quiz program or just do whatever you want to. I can't stop you. And I frankly don't care what you do if you're not interested. But if you are interested, just keep quiet and listen. And sit still. Uh, no, don't sit still. Set your neck a little and look down into this thing. Ever see one before? But be pleased. People keep frozen foods and stuff in these things. That is, most people do. I keep dead men in it. See? Oh, no, I, I didn't kill him. Matter of fact, I'm not entirely sure he's dead. He doesn't breathe. His heart isn't beating. If he isn't dead, he ought to take down his sign. He was just like that when he was walking around, like a mummy. That outfit he's got on, that's the uniform of a very high priest of a race of people who inhabited a certain part of Mexico in the 5th century A.D. That fits him, too. It's his own uniform. Well, sure I know about these things. I've spent too many years of this business to be fooled. Fantastic, huh? Yeah, I know that's what you laymen expect to hear from archaeologists. Lots of stuff about walking mummies and weird curses and all that Boris Karloff routine. But take it from a practicing member of the profession, archaeology involves a great deal more grubbing in the ground and sifting wheelbarrows full of dirt than it does dodging zombies. However, here I am on a July evening in the year of our Lord, 1948, with a house full of extremely dead high priests who were born in the Mexican jungle some 1,400 years ago. No, I didn't cart them back with me. No. They walked in on me. Ah, take that supercilious smile off your face. Yeah, I know what you're thinking. More of that supernatural stuff. More of that H.P. Lovecraft stuff. That my blood throws in my veins of the eldritch, whatever that is, being that towered above me. Well, don't kid yourself. What you people call supernatural is just as natural as apples growing on a tree. The only thing is, our great thinkers, our figures out, they all stop when they come to something they can't explain immediately with their slide rules and their log tables and spectroscopes and stuff. 
And once in a while, somebody finds out something, and a little chunk of the so-called supernatural slides over into the field of exact science, and everybody says, I knew it all the time. My eyes. So if men dead 1,500 years can walk around, it's a perfectly logical explanation for it. They know the explanation. We don't. And if we ever find out, accidentally, there'd be 100,000 scientists to tell you they could have done it a long time ago, only they were working on nuclear fission and other more practical benefits to the human race. Thing is, I don't care how they do it. My interest is in why they're here. That's what affects me. Oh, didn't tell you why they're here. That's quite simple. Well, they want something I've got, something I brought back from Mexico with me, something I stole from them. And I may say something I want very much to keep. So, that's my problem, children. What's yours? Oh, excuse me. I've been doing all the talking. This is my wife, my beautiful wife. Her name is Elizabeth. You can call her Liz. Look, don't let my husband fool you. He talks as if all this is very amusing and very simple. But believe me, he's just as frightened as I am. You can say that again, Liz. He's still here. You see, I was with him in Mexico. I wouldn't be here now if he hadn't been. Please, Norman. I'm an explorer, too. Though I'm afraid I'm not much of an archaeologist. But I'm a very good cook. Mm. And I'm the serious member of this family. So I'm going to tell you what happened without interruption, I hope, because we think maybe you might be able to help us. I don't know how exactly. Neither do I. But you listen. And if you can, well, this was our 14th trip to Mexico. We flew to Mexico City, then down to Veracruz, and our people met us at Merida. And... If you'll excuse me a minute, darling, I think one of our friends is looking in the window. Oh, no. Uh, just sit still. I'll be right back. Oh, I'm simply scared to death. We've been so fortunate this far. We always discover them in time. But what will happen if one gets in and we don't see him? Norman! Norman! Okay. I had to bust the window, though. Yeah, I better put this one away. There's no telling what has happened to us if some curious policeman got a look at. Can you see? Same uniform, same badge on his left arm. Just like the ones carved in on the thing. The guardian. The watcher. <sighs> okay, Christy Weasley. Have a nice sleep. Oh, Norman, I wish you wouldn't be so so flippant about things. Flippant? <laughs> Listen, sweetheart, do you mind? I'm just about ready to go over in that corner and scream. If I see one more of these... Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, Darling, hadn't we better take it back? No. Only, how long is this going to go on? Yeah. How long is it going to go on? You've never been inside one of those great stone pyramids of the Mayans built in the Guatemala jungle so many, many forgotten years ago. You've never smelled a dead smell. The sour, sweet odor of the rotting vegetation that's crept in through the crevices between the stones and died a thousand times. And the musty grave smell of those low tunnels with the maddening paintings on the walls at your elbows. The figure seemed to gibber at you in the light of a Coleman lantern. And sweat. And the feeling that snakes are waiting for you in the darkness at the end. 
And they worshipped snakes to Khan, the snake god. They tore people's hearts out. They hurled their beautiful daughters to the devil god that lives in a bottomless pit. We've been in the middle of all that a lot of time. Haven't we, darling? From the right to spring and the harvest. The corn maidens dying horribly in the fields to preserve the fertility of the land. And they're right to be scared. We saw the pictures of what they did to their prisoners, the ones they thought had done evil to their gods. We saw what was left of the poor victims. He's got a right to be scared. He's outwitted them so far. And how long can it go on? Take it back, Norman. Oh, no, I won't. I found it, and this world of ours today can use it. It can do more good here than it ever could in a moldy underground room beneath the Italy. And that's where we found it. Tell them about it, Norman. You see, if they don't agree, you ought to take it back. I don't care what they say. It's mine, and I'm going to keep it. You hear me? I'm going to keep it, I said. that opened the inner door. And the door opened and I said, we found it, Norman. And the door closed behind us. And our lanterns went out. I put out my hand for Liz and she was still there. We stood there a minute. I got over my first fear. Liz was kind of moaning in the dark. It's okay, honey. Stand still so we don't get separated from each other. I like the lantern again. No, wait. There's a light. 
And there was a little light, a little faint light down there under the earth. And at first I couldn't see where it came from. But our eyes got more and more used to the dim radiance. And finally saw where it was coming from. But there's a globe there, Norman. What is this moment? Baseball. Certainly, Clint. What's holding you up? Well, I don't. I can't. It just seems to be suspended in the air. I'll be darned. You left the lantern. Archaeological treasure anyone has ever seen. It can't be. It is. See, there's a North American continent. And look around here Europe, Asia, Africa. It's the world. Do you realize what it means? It means that these people knew the world is round hundreds of years before Columbus proved it. It proved that the people who lived here knew all about the world. Look, even Australia. Yes, it is. Perfect. Why, this will upset every scientific. My Lord, woman, do you realize what a discovery this is? I'm afraid of it. Oh, I found what holds it up. What? It's not suspended in midair at all. See these two little wires? One from each pole? Can you see? I see. Oh, Norman, it's so beautiful and so terrifying. Terrifying, my eye. Now, this is one treasure the Mexican government isn't going to get. Are you going to take it? Are you kidding? What was that? door blew open. <laughs> I was wondering how we were going to get out again. Now everything is going to be all <laughs> And I nearly dropped the lantern. Because when I turned around to look at the door, the rays of my lantern lit up the walls of the circular rock-hewn room we stood in. And ranged around the walls two feet apart with a high priest and all their regalia, Just like these you looked at. All of them staring at us, each one of them with a bow in his outstretched left hand, and an obsidian tipped arrow drawn to the head, aimed straight at Liz and me. It was only a second before I realized they were all dead, that they'd been placed there long centuries ago, that they were harmless. And I laughed. I picked up the crystal globe that the little world lived in, and and Liz and I made our way outside to the world of grass and sunlight. And I, like some 20th century atlas, carried the world on my shoulder. I turned and looked back for a moment at the door. And there, framed in the blackness beyond, stood an ancient man in the regalia of a high priest, such as we left behind us when we stole the world. And the arrow on his bow was pointed at my heart. So I shot him. I slapped Liz when she started to cry, and we came away. <laughs> 
bullet in his head? Yeah, he's the same one I shot. Never forget his face. Well, there isn't much more to tell. Is there, Liz? I think there is. Oh, oh that's right. Come in here. I, I want you to see this world. This, this little silver globe that was fashioned nearly a thousand years before Columbus was born in a Mexican jungle that hasn't even got a name. Come in. Here it is. Quite mm. a thing, isn't it? What? Oh, yes, I managed finally to break the crystal globe it was in. The day that big earthquake in Japan it was. Yes, uh, I don't know why it still stays suspended in the air like that. There's a reason for it, of course. No, 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 not supernatural. Perfectly natural, if we could only find out why. But there's something else I wanted you to see. Look at it closely. Isn't it beautiful? The continents and reliefs. See the mountains, the Rockies, the Himalayas over here? And the ocean really looks wet, doesn't it? Wonderful workmanship. Oh, Norman, please. Here. Look at it with a magnifying glass. See anything? No, I guess you can't. You'd have to watch it for a long time to see. I was... Well, I was very surprised when I discovered it. Well, it's turning. Turning on its axis once every 24 hours. Revolving like that once every 24 hours for a million, million, million years, then. Now, you see, I have got the greatest treasure the world has ever seen, haven't I? I really did steal the world. And I'll tell you something the world is mine. Good. <laughs> Let anybody do anything I don't like, I'll take care of them. It's my world, see? You don't believe it? Well, look here. This is a very fine platinum blowpipe. And this is water. Is it? That's the Sahara Desert. What? No, Norman, please don't. Get away. What? You see? Nothing happened. <laughs> Is that so? Liz, turn on the radio. There's a news program on now. Go ahead. Just be quiet for a second. Norman, I don't want... Turn it on. And be still. All of you. Hold for immediate peace in the Holy Land. Just a moment, please. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen... It is reported that the Sahara Desert, the driest place in the world, has been suddenly inundated by widespread cloudbursts of unimagined intensity. The rolling sand dunes of the world's greatest desert are now submerged below the sea of water. There you see. Sorry if I killed some people, but... Uh, <laughs> uh, well, I may have to kill lots of people someday, so... Uh, it's practice. Don't believe it? Oh, here, take this needle. No? Well, watch me. What shall we destroy? Yeah, no, 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 not a town. Uh, we'll wait for that. Besides, I can't pinpoint a town on a globe this size. Uh, exactly. 
Let's see. Uh, Norman, please. Please go. Liz, will you sit down, please, and shut up? Now, I guess this is fairly uninhabited. Northern Minnesota, it's all deep forest there. And they've never had an earthquake. So, Norman. just jab it a few times with a needle. Feel that? That, friend, is an earthquake a few thousand miles away. A very severe one. Liz, turn up the radio. I don't want to. Such a time of world unrest, Mother Nature herself takes a hand and shows her own power. Yes. Oh, no. Ladies and gentlemen, here is another catastrophe. The great Mesabi Range in northern Minnesota has been completely obliterated according to first reports of a devastating earthquake that has laid waste thousands of square Not miles in the United States. Well? What do you think? Norman. I don't know exactly what to do. If I can just keep these high priests... Norman, please. ...globe long enough, maybe I ought to just sit tight until they've all visited me and I've, I've put them all away and... And then I'll be all right. I'd like your opinion. Norman. What do you want? Norman, the, the glove... Stop bothering. It. Oh, well, hello, brother priest. Put that down. Put it down, I say. Put it down or I... Oh, no, no. Stop, I tell you. Driving or walking, obey all traffic rules. Look right, look left, look ahead. 
so you won't be looking up from six feet under. Be careful. The life you save may be your own. This program is heard in Canada through the facilities of the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation. This is the Mutual Broadcasting System. Quiet, Please was created by Willis Cooper in 1947. Cooper was one of radio's best professionals. He founded the Lights Out program before he did Quiet, Please. Quiet, Please can be described as a horror science fiction show, but it is different from Inner Sanctum and even Lights Out, where those programs were more of shock stories of the monster hiding behind the door type. Quiet, Please dealt a bit more with creating a sinister atmosphere where reality is just a bit different than what we expect, and different in a menacing way. Things we take for granted, like flowers that can think, talk, feel, and kill. The host narrator was Ernest Chappell. He is in large part responsible for setting the eerie scenes and sense of unreality. Quiet Please lasted only two seasons, first on Mutual in 1947, then on ABC in 1948, even though it was a better program than many that had lasted longer. So enjoy, and until next time, I'm quietly yours, Ernest Chappell. All right, we admit, as far as sign-offs go, that one's pretty dumb, but it's still a great show. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next week.